best slang term for money? I feel like I don't know any current slang words for money. Cheddar? I like cheddar. Oh, that's a good one. Cash? I like monies. Don't have any money. What's 2023's <laughs> best swear word? I'm going fuck. I feel like fuck is the most versatile. It really is. Or expletive infixation in general. When you put the swear word in the middle of a word. Abso-fucking-lutely? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And all native English speakers, we know where to put it in. Yeah. I wrote a paper on that once. Oh, that's fun. What's 2023's best mythological creature? Wendigo or Skinwalker. Like one of I feel two. like I'm a big Wendigo fan, of course. Mm-hmm. We talk about them a lot. But I think 2023 was the year of the Skinwalker. Yes. They're Absolutely. What was your river of the year? Hmm. Yangtze, baby. I think we have to go nurse Saskatchewan. What? No, it had a. It didn't have its best year. <laughs> it had a rough year this year. The levels were mm. all over the place, yeah. and it's not even fully frozen yet. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think. I think this was one of its worst years. Oh. The last five years, it has. It needs to get its shit together. Should we uh, start our podcast? Oh yeah, that's what we're doing here. Because okay. yeah. today we are doing a best of 2023. <laughs> And we had some dumb categories right off the beginning, but we're going to do what? Books, movie, TV, and something else? And album. Album. Musical album. And maybe a special other category. Well, welcome to a year wrap-up of I Love This, You Should Too. It's been another year. What is this, year four? Yep. Year five. Five, maybe. Oh, yeah. My name is Indy Wendigo Randawa, and with me is the New Year's baby herself, Samantha Randawa. Not actually a New Year's baby. <laughs> no, it's just New Year's and you're a baby. Uh, true. <laughs> Very true. Fair. Well, we've already been talking a bunch. Do you want to just get into it? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to start with best book of the year? <gasps> book of the year? Not really, but okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll start kick it off and I'll use my cheat right at the beginning because mm-hmm. i'd read no books from 2023 oh i've read apparently 54 books this year oh wow none from 2023 i thought i could do a 1923 but i have books from 1925 that mm-hmm. i like so it doesn't really work so i often talk about the yrc8 the young readers choice awards blah 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 i work with kids a lot so these are books selected and voted on by kids and this year's which is actually the 2024 awards uh-huh. but i read a bunch of those and they are i think 2022 releases so i'm just gonna use one of those because okay. why not so my winner then is the book called pony by rj palacio hmm. that is the writer of wonder and all of those other books that are in that uh, in that world and very well regarded so this is her first departure from that world i believe and this book is equal parts western ghost story and a mystery It's about a 12-year-old boy who is searching for his kidnapped father. And it's old West times. And there's a ghost in it. And there might be other ghosts. It's kind of spooky. It's kind of a mystery. It's an adventure. It's about family and having heart and dedication and overcoming challenges. And is a great book for kids. It seems like one of those books that I would have read in grade five or six or something and you're reading it as a class and when it's the chapter is over and you have to move on to something you're like no no let's keep going i want to know what happened do another one (laughs) so it kind of brought back that elementary school feeling of reading a good kind of adventure story which i don't really read much of on my own so 
I'll use that as a cheat and maybe a year or two out, but that's my book of 2023. I think that counts. How about you, Sam? You read contemporary stuff. So what was your book of 2023? So I read, I think, about 40 seven books this year um and uh one of my favorites and one of my most anticipated that i was really excited to read uh was the woman in me by britney spears and so this is her memoir and you get um i don't know indy if you know much about britney spears but she was just released only what you tell me and what the media tells me because a lot of stuff about her you can't avoid, even yeah. if you're someone who doesn't read like celebrity news. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you might know that she was released from her uh, conservatorship. Um, her family had conservatorship over her. Right. And... Um, basically kept her medicated and working so that they could um, support themselves with her money. Mm -hmm. Um, And Britney Spears was released from this conservatorship and is now in charge of her own life for the first time in um, probably two decades. So she goes on to kind of write this memoir um, about big moments in her life and how um, little control she had, what her mental health was like, reasons for things that we saw in the press that didn't really under, like that we didn't get the backstory for. And um, I thought it was a really, really well-written book. Um, And I think I was told a really important story about um, not having any control over your life and uh, being treated poorly by uh, the people who are supposed to protect you. Those dicks. Her dad, right? Her dad, her Her sister, her mom. Yeah, basically all of them. But uh, yeah, you get an interesting look at her as a child. Um, becoming a famous star. So, yeah, I uh, I really recommend it. What's it called again? The Woman in Me. In Me or And Me? In Me. Check it out. Um, it came out in October. And it's, uh, it's a pretty quick read. Um, it's only 288 pages long. Oh, and you probably listened to it? I correct? did. I did. Does she read it? She doesn't. Oh, so that's I a was shame. a little bit surprised. She reads the foreword, which was really good, but she says that all of this stuff is just a little too fresh for her to be able to read the full book out loud in her own voice. So sure. she had someone else read it. And I thought the narrator that they picked, um, or I guess the voice actor that they picked, uh, I think it worked really well. All right, Sam, I'm going to pick the category and send it over to you. Hey. What was your TV show of 2023? Um, so... Because of the writer's strike, there wasn't actually a new season of this in 2023, but I did start watching it in 2023, and there will be a new season in 2024. So um, my show of 2023 is Grey's Anatomy, which I started from... What? I started it from the beginning. What year is it that it's the show of the year? (laughs) Yeah, um, I started it from the beginning. I had previously watched it, um, but I haven't seen the newest, I think, four or five seasons. So um, I'm excited to get to that point but we are still uh pretty far um at the beginning of this series uh there is 19 seasons 420 episodes and um it's uh dramatic non-stop throughout the entire uh part that i've seen so far shocking that this show that's been going on for 20-ish years yeah 
the one year they don't have episodes, that's when you deem it show of the year. Yeah. It really, it sounds like uh, 2008 in here. Is that when it peaked? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like it was big back then. I, I had no idea that it was still going. Yeah, um, I'm about halfway through. So, I've never seen an episode of this show. Knowing me, would I like it? Probably not. Okay. I think it's a little too poppy and like soap opery. Soap opery. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also currently watching ER, and I feel like that's a little bit more your speed. And this one's just a little too, like, contemporary for you. I think a little. This twenty-year-old show is too contemporary for yeah. me. Oh. Okay, I don't know how I feel about that, but honestly, <laughs> you're probably correct. I just, I know what you like, and I don't know that Grey's Anatomy would be it for you. I'm not entirely sure you know what I like, mm. but I do believe you know what I hate. Yes. So you think this might annoy me? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, good to know, but everyone else can watch all 19 seasons. Where do you watch it? On Netflix. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I'm at season 10, and uh, maybe by the end of next year, I will have finished Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) This little show called Grey's Anatomy. So what do you have, Indy? For TV, I have a movie, but it was a movie for TV. So I'm going to slot it in right here because, again, there weren't a lot of shows coming out this year. Mm -hmm. And I also don't watch a lot of newer things. I was going to say Atlanta, but apparently I wrapped up over a year ago and I just never caught up with it until now. <laughs> so my TV show of 2023 is Metalocalypse and specifically the Army of the Doomstar, which is the movie and feature length conclusion to the TV show Metalocalypse. And the movie came out just this year and it was released on Uh, on television so i'm gonna put it in as a tv show perfect and i did talk in depth about it on episode 239 from november 20th if you want to just go there and listen more but if you want a quick little wrap up the tv show metalocalypse is about this metal band it's animated it's hilarious and silly and uh very very violent it had four seasons and then nothing for a good long while and they finally got to wrap everything up with this feature-length film called The Army of the Doomstar that came out this year. And I loved it. I think a lot of people didn't because it was quite a departure from the themes of the TV show. But Mm -hmm. I thought it was uh, very appropriate, but very surprising in how all of these things came to a head. And it was just... uh, This weird little show culminating in a very satisfying and heartfelt and epic way. And none of those adjectives I would use for the show, really. But this movie, yeah, it brought it all together. And the show was very silly and satirical. And that's still in the movie, but not nearly as much. The movie was more serious. And had you told me that this show would have a serious movie while I was watching the show, I would say that's a bad idea, but they found a way to make it work. So it's epic in scope and in music. And if you like metal or you just like a good kind of fantasy epic, because that's what the movie turns into at points, go check it out. But it probably won't make a lot of sense to you if you haven't watched the TV series (laughs) first. Okay, so watch the TV series, then the movie. Or at least a little bit. And then the musical, which was in the middle, is very good too. And that leads nicely into the film. Awesome. So it's called 
the Army of the Doomstar, and it is available not many places currently, but hopefully it will be. But it's still pretty new, so we'll see. Awesome. Okay. So our next category is Album of 2023. Um, I know you're always... Um, struggling to find new things for this episode. But did you have a favorite album of the year? Yeah, this year, again, I don't listen to a lot of Mm -hmm. new, new stuff, but a lot of older artists had new albums this year. So I did listen to a lot of new stuff in 2023 because PJ Harvey, Sufjan Stevens, The Hives, all of them had new albums. And those are people that I'm a big fan of. But my album of the year is Michael by Killer Mike. So Killer Mike's a guy that I started listening to back in the late mid-90s because he was with Dungeon Family. That's like Outkast and Goody Mob and those Mm -hmm. Atlanta-based rappers. And he's an Atlanta guy himself. Then he had all of those great albums with Run the Jewels, which is him and LP, the producer and rapper. And I think that's personally his best work. Run the Jewels 1 and 4 are maybe my favorites, but all of the Run the Jewels stuff. But this year, he put out his first solo album in over 10 years, and it's called Michael, and it has a cute picture of him as a chubby 10-year-old boy (laughs) on the cover. And because it's Killer Mike, it's going to be political like all of his stuff is, but because it's his first solo project in so long, it's much more personal Mm -hmm. than some of his other stuff is because you can't really monopolize and tell stories about your own youth and growing up and all of that sort of stuff when you're with a bunch of other people right right? because you know you have to kind of fit the themes a little personal yeah yeah so he gets a chance to do that on the album michael a lot more some of my favorite songs are down by law which features CeeLo green from goody mob or at one time goody mob i think he left probably like 15 years ago (laughs) Maybe more. Uh, and this one has like a lot of gospely tinge to it. I am a beautiful, wonderful thing. I am a king, my woman's a queen. Master of the heart, that we are the God. I study hard like John Henry Clark. Even in my days of whipping the heart, I tell the devil the black man is God. Keeping it prayer, just playing my part. Lean on my demon and post in the paw. Jury on gleaming like rocking the law. My Eric B is my nine in the car. You try to G me, get nine in your jaw. Bless all the fellas that handled the raw. Fuck all the tellers that ran to the law. Watch out for the hitters with sticks in the car. My name is Michael, under my law. Won't you help us so hard? There's another song called Slummer, and this is a really kind of tragic recounting of of an adolescent romance he had and how it kind of all goes wrong and in really sad ways. And I think songs like that you might not hear on his collaborative albums. There's another song called Scientists and Engineers, which features Dre our Andre 3000 of Outcast, and that one is a lot more experimental and a little odd sounding, but it's always just nice to hear Dre on a record again. There's a song called Something for the Junkies, which is a song for drug addicts and, and junkies. And it's not a, uh, hey, be strong, be better, get through this. It's not one of those. It's not uh, glamorizing. It mm-hmm. is a song about, yeah, I see you. You are seen. And this can happen to anyone. And he relates it to his aunt who was, 
who was a drug addict and just like what that meant in his life. And in the song, he has these ideas of if you are dismissive of of addicts, mm-hmm. you are in a way making the same mistake they did. Uh-oh. They got there by not taking things seriously and by not realizing the weight of something. And if you're just like, ah, it's an addict or ah, you could be better. If you're doing that, you're kind of guilty of a similar thing just from the other side of it. And that was a, an interesting way to look at that. And he has this song called Motherless, where he is talking about how his mother didn't raise him, but rather his grandmother did and what that was like. And now as an older man living in a world where both of the two women in his life who had raised him are, are not with him anymore. My mama dead, my grandmama dead. To keep it honest, I get depressed and be feeling scared. You see, I won't prepare and never will be. To think about your death and need sometimes to kill me. You won't believe it, mama. I cheated, mama. I turned these hating ass people to believers, mama. A black boy born to a team, mama, mama. Gets regarded as a leader by his people, mama. If God sent me back to normal to be next to you, I would gladly trade it all because I'd be missing you. I be missing hugging you, I be kissing you. I miss all the jewels and I miss all your wisdom too. Some days I be mean as fuck and I be meaner too. Fuss and fighting over fuck shit that be minuscule. Shay and Taj tell me that's just a Denise in you. And it's in both your daughters, Mikey and Anaya too. I guess that's something you get as an artist gets older. You get to hear these kind of reflections from a different point. So... He's uh, talking about not having a mother, and it's kind of sad, too. So That is sad. It's it's a good record. Go check it out if you like that sort of thing. Honestly, if you don't like hip-hop at all, you probably won't like this <laughs> either. But I thought this was a good one. So go check out Michael by Killer Mike. Awesome. How about you? What were you listening to this year? Uh, so if you listened to our Folk Fest episode, you know um, how much I enjoyed uh, Ace Nobby who was an artist that we got to see live and got to meet and chat with. Um, So he released a new album called Here and Now, and um, it came out towards the end of the year after Folk Fest. And um, it's six six tracks, um, so it's an EP, I guess? Yes. And um, I think it just really continues the journey that Watton took us on at the beginning. And I think um, it's a really interesting piece of music made by an Indigenous artist. How does this compare to his last record? Because I'm not familiar too much with with the, the new one. Mm-hmm. So is it similar stylistically? Um, it is. Um, it is a little bit more um, kind of rock-ish. Like it's a little heavier than some of Watton was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it still has that big um, kind of feeling that songs um, from his previous album, uh, like We Were Here, uh, give you in that like real emotional feel mm-hmm. um so i i really enjoyed listening to this um i don't think i've given it enough time to really be able to say like what my favorite song was um but currently on his spotify uh the number one song from this album is called here and now one million times could have said things straight but i didn't try didn't know what to say i missed the times the child in the grass, not a care 
just a fabulous album that you should go check out (laughs) all right what's it called again um it is actually called here and now um and i think uh it's available like pretty much everywhere because he's a pretty lower mainstream artist now (laughs) all right well let's round things out with sam what's your movie of 2023 uh, well, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon Oh, here. I think I know. <laughs> the bandwagon or the pink convertible? Um, definitely the pink convertible. Um, my movie of the year was Barbie. Um, and I feel like most people who saw it would agree with me. Um, it's a fantasy comedy film directed by Greta Gerwig. Um, and it is based on Barbie, the doll from Mattel. And um, I saw this movie with my mom, actually both times. And the first time I um, saw it, I laughed, I cried, I like screamed, we were dancing. It was great. Um, And we saw it in the theaters and I feel like everyone was on this like magical ride together in the theater. And then um, I just recently saw it again and had like all of the same feelings and it was just so fantastic so um there's a good chance that we will do it next year on the podcast but um i think everybody needs to see barbie and i'm included because i never saw it because first i don't go to theaters much and then i've been holding off because i feel like it's something we're going to do here and i kind of want to go into it fresh yes yeah so um there's a lot of nostalgia a lot of um incredible costuming um and even some original songs So I think uh, everyone should see it. So, Indy, what is your movie of the year? Well, I am going with the one time I did go to the theater this year, and that was to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. It was a very good movie. I agree. And we talked a little bit about it on episode 219 from July 3rd, if you want to hear more there and with no spoilers. But uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. It is the animated Spider-Man franchise that revolves around Miles Morales rather Mm -hmm. than Peter Parker. But there are many Peter Parkers in it. (laughs) There really is. And there are many Spider-People and Spider-Creatures in this movie, too. And it picks up where the last one left off. In spirit, in style, and all of that. And I think the style of this movie, visually speaking, that could be an entire episode on its own because now we finally start getting to see some of those other universes and how the visual style there represents the themes of that universe and how it affects things differently. So the visuals are just just amazing. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most visually interesting movies I've ever seen in my life, really. 
And then we get down into the story and really what grounds all of these movies is the the heart of the storytelling and of these characters. And they are all very easy to empathize with or at least sympathize with. They are full characters, even though there are so many that we don't always get the time to see all of them. Mm -hmm. The economy of storytelling is great and they are able to make the characteristics of these complex characters come out even in limited screen time. But limited, not that much because it is a long movie and there is going to be a third one coming out real quick or maybe not real quick. Not quick at all, but there is a third one and it's going to pick up right where number two leaves off. So I'm very excited about that. But I just say go check out this movie if you have superhero fatigue. (laughs) There is nothing that is going to rejuvenate you more than this series of Spider-Man movies. And if you just don't like superhero movies... This is the one for you then, because it doesn't rely on a lot of the same conventions. There are, yeah, superpowers and things like that, Mm -hmm. but it is less about saving New York City from a bunch of giant robots than it is about characters going through self-discovery and those themes of growing up. And this is one of those movies that actually does representation right without resorting to tokenism, which I think a lot of movies do. You can look at this movie and be like, oh, they're just trying to check off all the boxes of representation. And perhaps, perhaps that is somewhere down the line of the directives of what this movie was trying to do. But the way they integrate all these characters never to me felt like it was tacked on or that they were just checking boxes. Everyone felt like a full developed character. Mm -hmm. And that's how you successfully include this type of representation without getting into tokenism. So go check out Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I think it actually just came out on some streaming services. Yes. I'm not sure which one. If it's not out, it's definitely available to rent. Okay. But really, if you have the opportunity, uh, watch in a theater. Mm -hmm. I think no recent movie gains more from a, a great cinematic experience than this one does. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, now we have, I guess, just our other category yeah what did you pick for your other this is always the hardest category because it's too broad like i feel like with book and album and stuff like i just have to go through what i've been listening to this is hard but this year um i don't i've mentioned it on the show a few times but i was very ill last year and did not do much um of my kind of normal everyday today stuff but uh this year i was able to get back out into the world and feel good and so my other is getting back to coaching cheerleading and um getting to coach a new level this year and getting to immerse myself back into that world that i love oh so what is the category that's your best Activity. Activity. Activity of 2023. Activity of 2023, yeah, is uh, getting back to normal life and getting back to coaching. What about you? What's your other category? My category is cheese. Cheese. And my best cheese of 2023 is brie. Mm, No surprise there. So camembert is probably my favorite cheese. Uh And camembert is different than brie because it has slightly less uh, butterfat. Right, it. right. 
And Brie is a French cheese that comes from the region of Brie, and that's why it is named that. It's a soft cheese, <laughs> and the reason it won Cheese of the Year this year is because of its surprising versatility. Uh-huh. People are going to say, you know what, cheddar's versatile. Brie, that's not versatile. Absolutely it is. You can do sweet brie if you're pairing it with a fruit. True. And really, brie is the food of Christmas around here. Yeah, I made absolutely. Uh, we love brie. Puff pastries with brie and prosciutto and asparagus. I made some with brie and mushroom. Very good. You can do a sweet one with brie and apple. You had some brie blueberry grilled cheese the other day. Oh, yeah. And that was delicious. Brie cheese of 2023. Goes with everything. Awesome. Well, yeah, I, I knew you'd be able to come up with something. I just and you picked didn't... one off the top of my head while we were recording just now. <laughs> and you didn't disappoint. You know what else doesn't disappoint? Brie. Very true. That brings us to the end of our best of for 2023. Um, What can we look forward to in 2024? More of the same? (laughs) Well, honestly, we kind of do this show in seasons of 50 episode blocks. So we still have two, four, I think four episodes left in this block. And then we will reflect because we don't really do the podcast based on the calendar year as much as we change things up every 50 episodes or so. So join us for a few more and we'll keep doing what we're doing. And then big changes. Actually, very small changes. Very small changes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about as a uh, person outside of the podcast? What are you looking forward to? Or also for releases of movies and albums and things like that. What are you looking forward to in 2024? Um, Music-wise, I'm looking forward to finally seeing Taylor Swift. Right. Um, Movie-wise, I'm not... Uh, oh, I did actually talk about this on the podcast. Um, I'm excited for the first uh, installment, part one of Wicked the Musical the Movie. Um, Wicked we have some... the Musical the Movie, part one. Yes. Rolls right off the tongue. As well as um, the new Mean Girls the Musical movie. So uh, there's some good uh, musicals coming out this year, and I am very excited. What about you? I'll probably just go to the theater once or twice all year but the things that might get me there are both kind of spooky ones first uh beetlejuice 2 is coming out i might hate it i don't want it to exist but i love one so much i'm gonna go watch it right right and another because we only do um remakes and uh, sequels the other one is robert edgar's version of nosferatu robert edgar's uh, director of the witch that we did not too long ago on the show here is doing a remake of Nosferatu, which we did a year earlier on the <laughs> show here. Which go listen to both of those. Those were good episodes. Both those of them. were good episodes. Yeah, go listen to absolutely. Those. But now I want to go see what Eggers does with that, and I would not be interested in a remake of uh, such a classic unless it were done by someone as obsessive and nerdy as Robert Eggers. So I'm very excited to see what he'll do with it. Okay. Very exciting. Um, And yeah, we will be back with some more uh, themed months for you. And uh, we'll be uh, seeing you next week. Yeah. And in episode 250 will be our big season finale. Award show. Yeah. I love the (laughs) award show. Me too. Me too. It's always fun. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.